Welcome to the Relevant Truth Podcast. My name is Roger Mason. This podcast is dedicated to examining biblical truth. The Bible is overflowing with relevant truth useful in our everyday lives. Thus the title, Relevant Truth. The Bible was relevant to those that first heard it through the apostles and prophets. It is also timeless truth, which means it is relevant for us today in the 21st century. It is my hope that through this podcast, you will be both encouraged and challenged as we look at the Bible together. In today's podcast, podcast number 20, we will be looking at the story of a desperate widow who seeks to prevent her children from being sold into slavery because of a family debt. 2 Kings chapter 4 provides us with this story. There we read about a desperate widow who accessed God's provision through following the instructions of the prophet Elijah. How do we access God's provision? That is the big idea in today's story. So let's read 2 Kings 4 verses 1 to 7, reading from the New Living Translation. One day the widow of one of Elisha's fellow prophets came to Elisha and cried out to him, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now creditors have come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elijah asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elijah said, Borrow as many jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into the house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour out olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting the jars aside as they are filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons brought many jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she had told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and there will be enough money left over to support you and your sons. Life just happens, and we sometimes find ourselves in a place we never thought we would be. This was the case with this woman in the story. Her husband died, leaving this widow with no livelihood and in debt. Sometimes circumstances happen to us that we have no control over. We can't plan everything. All of us could tell stories about difficult experiences that we have faced. This widow was in a desperate place. Her husband was dead and she was in debt. The widow's sons were about to become slaves in order to pay the family debt. Ancient laws permitted a creditor the right to claim a debtor and the debtor's children in order to pay off a family debt. They were obligated to serve as slaves until the debt was paid or until the year of Jubilee. God's law did not necessarily approve of slavery, but it did legislate its abuse and duration. Leviticus 25 verses 39 to 40. And if one of your brethren who dwells by you becomes poor 
and sells himself to you, you shall not compel him to serve as a slave. As a hired servant and a sojourner, he shall be with you and shall serve you until the year of Jubilee. With her husband dead, the widow had no means to pay her debt. The Talmud identifies this widow as the wife of the prophet Obadiah. Josephus adds that Obadiah borrowed the money to feed the prophets. It is usually the needy and the desperate who reach out to God for help. The self-sufficient don't see their need for God's help. This is not an attitude which should be found in the church amongst God's people, that self-sufficient attitude. However, self-sufficiency, unfortunately, is often an attitude found in the church. It was a problem with the Laodicean Christians in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17. It is said of the church of Laodicea, Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. There are two opposite views, both looking at the same church at Laodicea. God's way of looking at things is much different than ours. The church at Laodicea saw themselves as wealthy and in need of nothing. But God saw this same church as wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. The New Testament tells us, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's Matthew 5 and verse 3. Who are the poor in spirit? But those who sense their spiritual poverty. The opposite of being proud in spirit or self-sufficient is the poor in spirit. Those who are consciously aware of their dependence on God. God will help the desperate, those that are dependent on God. This is the opposite of the self-sufficient. This morning, let's look at how this desperate widow accessed God's provision. The first thing that we see happening in this verse of scripture is there is an assessment of resources. In verse 2, this was prompted by the question of Elisha to the widow. Let's read 2 Kings 4 in verse 2. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. That's 2 Kings 4, verse 2. Elijah asked the widow two questions. What shall I do for you? And secondly, what do you have in your house? The second question prompted her to think about what resources that she did have. God often uses those things which are available to us, those things that we have. What do you have that God can use? The widow answered like we often answer. I don't have anything. I have nothing of use to you, Lord. Remember, God uses available people and available things. We disqualify ourselves without thinking. We make ourselves unavailable to God by not properly assessing the resources that we do have that are available to God to use. The only resource that I have is a jar of oil. The word used for jar here in the Hebrew is an unusual word which refers to a very small flask or vessel. A small flask that held olive oil 
that was intended for anointing rather than for food or for fuel. Such a small flask of oil was not very valuable. We often think what we have is so little that it's of no value or use to God. We see other examples of Elijah's question in the scriptures. Look at Exodus 4 and verse 2. So the Lord said to him, speaking of Moses, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. And you shall take this rod in your hand, with which you shall do the signs. That's Exodus 4 and verse 7. So God, in essence, was saying to Moses, Take this rod, this simple shepherd's staff, and I will use it. Moses thought the same way that the widow thought when God asked him the question, What is in your hand? A rod, a shepherd's staff, was all that Moses had to offer God. God uses little things to fulfill his divine plans. Look at how God used the shepherd's staff of Moses. The rod of Moses, this common shepherd's staff, became the rod of God. Exodus 4 and verse 20. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Exodus 4 and verse 20. Look at how God used what Moses had. A whole series of miracles were performed with this rod. The rod became a serpent before Pharaoh. Exodus 7. The rod struck the waters of Egypt, turning the water into blood. Exodus chapter 7. The rod brought the plagues of frogs. Exodus chapter 8. The rod struck the dust of the land, bringing on a plague of lice. Exodus chapter 8. When the rod was lifted towards heaven, thunder and lightning and hail came on Egypt. Exodus chapter 9. The rod brought on the plagues of locusts. Exodus chapter 10. Moses stretched out the rod over the Red Sea to divide the waters for deliverance. Exodus chapter 14. Moses used the rod to strike the rock, and the waters came out of the rock. Exodus chapter 17. And the battle with the Amalekites was won as Moses held up his rod. Exodus chapter 17. And so we see a whole series of miracles that were performed through the rod of God or the rod of Moses. A little jar of oil, that's all I have, said the widow. God takes what we have, that little that we have, and uses it for his glory. Give God what you have and he will use it. In the New Testament, Jesus used a little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fish to feed over 5,000 men. Probably around 10,000 people, including women and children, were fed that day. Matthew chapter 14 tells us the story. In the book, Gentle Persuasion, a book on evangelism, the first chapter of that book is entitled, Can You Bake a Cherry Pie? The chapter talks about learning to use your talents to win others to Christ. God can use what little we have to produce a miracle. What resources do you have that you can give to God that he can use for his glory? This desperate widow accessed God's provision first through assessing her resources brought on by the question of Elijah, and secondly, by trusting God's word through the prophet Elijah.
by trusting God's word. Verses 3 and 4. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. 2 Kings 4 verses 3 and 4. Peter had to walk on the water by faith and trust the word of Jesus who said to him, Come. But he lost sight of Jesus and began to sink. We need to trust God's word as Peter needed to trust the word of Jesus to come to him. We need to trust God's word. This man of God gave the widow directions in what to do to deal with her crisis. The command from Elijah was specific to gather as many empty vessels as possible from your neighbors and friends. They were then to go and fill the empty vessels with the oil from the little jar of oil. Elijah told her what to do and what would result from her obedience. The increase of oil was to be proportional to her faith and obedience. That can't be God. That's crazy. You're asking me to do something that's crazy. This is not going to work. There is only a little jar of oil. There is only a little oil in the bottom of this little jar. And I am to fill all of those jars with this little jar of oil? This widow would have to trust the words of the prophet and trust God to perform the miracle. God often speaks to us and gives us directions, but we dismiss the thought. We say that that's crazy, that won't work. Then we continue in our confusion and directionlessness. We reason away the direction that God has given us. Desperate people will do crazy things. But when desperate people hear God and do those crazy things asked of them, it works the Bible is full of examples of this happening. Joshua defeated the city of Jericho by marching around it seven times. Joshua chapter 6. Moses escaped the armies of Egypt by opening up the Red Sea with his staff. Exodus chapter 14. Jehoshaphat defeated the enemy army by sending out the priests to worship God instead of sending out his soldiers to fight the enemy armies. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Nathan the leper was healed when he dipped himself in the Jordan River seven times at the instructions of Elijah. 2 Kings chapter 5. Moses was told to strike a rock and water flowed from the rock to quench the thirst of all of Israel in the desert. Exodus chapter 17. All of these things seem crazy, but desperate men obeyed God's instructions, and a miracle happened in each case. The widow poured a little jar of oil into a house full of empty vessels. God has called us to pour into empty vessels. There are lots of empty vessels out there in our neighborhood. We are to look for them, seek them out, and fill these empty vessels with oil. In the parable of the Great Supper, Jesus taught, then the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. That's Luke 14 and verse 23. It is God's direction that we aggressively search out empty vessels that need to be filled. 
The Bible says that she poured it out in verse 5, filling all the empty vessels with oil. Oil was used for cooking, light, heat, anointing, and healing. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. What happened when she began to pour the oil into the empty vessels? God multiplied the little oil that she had. God performed a miracle and enabled the vessels to be filled. She did her part and God did his part in this miracle. Miracles like this happen each time that we reach out to others and allow the Holy Spirit to pour through us into empty vessels. This is what we do when we talk to a non-Christian friend in the name of the Lord. God pours out oil through us into those empty vessels around us and fills them up and warms them towards the gospel message. The Bible tells us, freely you have received, freely give. That's Matthew 10 and verse 8. What we have been given by God, we need to freely give away to others. Look at the context of this statement. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That's Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8. To do any of this, we need to trust God and depend completely on Him. God will often say to us, what I'm going to ask you to do now will sound crazy. It will be risky. Will you trust me? This is often what God requires of us in His instructions to us when he asks us to do something for him. We have seen a number of examples of those who have learned to trust in God's word. Have you learned to trust in God's word? To follow his instructions when he instructs us to do something for him? This is what the widow did. This is often what God requires of us. This desperate widow accessed God's provision not only through assessing her resources and secondly through trusting God's word, but thirdly by obediently taking action. Second Kings 4 verses 5 to 7. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were filled that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is no other vessel. So the oil ceased and she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. This widow was a woman of faith. We know that she was moving in faith because of the things that she did. What did she do? First of all, in verse 5, it says that she went. She went to do what she was instructed to do. It says also in verse 5 that she shut the door. Her actions were to be done in private, and she did as she was instructed. This miracle occurred in private, behind shut doors, where she would not be disturbed or distracted by others. Not even the prophet was present to encourage her. The miracle was a private thing in which the widow and her sons had to perform their part and believe God to perform his part. This widow had to trust the words of the prophet that God would perform the miracle that was promised. 
Look at how they partnered with God in the performance of this miracle. She had been instructed by the prophet to go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of her neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. That's 2 Kings 4 and verse 3. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us specifically in this story that she went and gathered empty vessels from her neighbors, but it's obvious that she did this from the account because the house was full of empty vessels. So she followed through and did what she was instructed to do by the prophet. The increase of oil was to be proportional to her faith and obedience. The Bible tells us that her sons brought the vessels to her. Verse 5. Her sons also participated in this miracle and acted in obedience to the words of the prophet. She poured it out, it says in verse 5. She poured out the oil in obedience to the word of the prophet. When we do what God tells us to do, God blesses our obedience. Blessing comes with obedience to God's word. But that blessing may not come immediately. God always fulfills his promise to us. He meets us in our inadequacy. He helps us in times of desperation. When we do our part, whatever God requires, then God will do his part. God is absolutely faithful. Every empty vessel that they had collected was filled with oil. The house was full of vessels that were full of oil. The Bible tells us the oil ceased. The sad reality is that the miracle stopped when there was no more vessels to be filled. The oil will stop flowing when we stop giving it away. The fastest way to lose what God is giving us is to hold on to it. The best way to keep what God is giving us is to keep giving it away to others. If you want the oil to continue flowing, you need to keep on pouring it into empty vessels. And that's what we need to do. God pours richly out on us his Holy Spirit. But if we stop pouring it out on others, then it will stop flowing into us. We can't hold on to the things that God gives us or we will lose it. The oil only ceased to flow when there was no more vessels to receive it. The oil is a symbol of the grace of God. While there is an empty, longing heart, there will be oil sufficient to pour into that heart. If the oil ceases to flow, it is because there is no empty vessels, no soul hungering and thirsting for God and His grace. Elisha's final instructions to the widow after the miracle was, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt, and you and your sons shall live on the rest. Verse 7. Look at the verbs here. Go, sell, pay, live. God meets not only our immediate needs, but also our long-range needs. He not only provided for the debt, to be paid off, but God also provided for the ongoing needs of this family. Until her sons were able to get employment, God supplied in abundance for this family. This widow obediently took action following the instructions of the prophet, and God's blessing resulted. This unnamed widow took the little that she had, 
a small jar of oil. She believed in the words of the prophet Elijah. She followed the instructions of Elisha and did as he told her to do. Her faith was rewarded and this desperate widow was able to pay off her debt. Is there something that you have that God can use? Are you desperate? Desperate enough to do what God asks you to do? God wants our desperation and he wants our obedience. Join us in two weeks for our next episode of Relevant Truth. Never miss an episode of the podcast by subscribing on iTunes. If you like this podcast, why not rate and review the podcast on iTunes? You can also visit my website, relevanttruthpodcast.com, where you will find an archive of all of my messages and book recommendations. You can also contact me at rockrevmason79 at gmail.com. That is R-O-C-K, rock, R-E-V, rev, M-A-S-O-N, mason, 79 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.